0: a lot of Christians that are in the stands, they just show up to watch the game.
1: But Dr. Tony Evans says there are benefits for believers who take to the field.
0: If you are an obedient saint who does not deny him, you are an overcomer.
1: This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. When faced with adversity, it can become tempting to just throw in the towel. But today, Dr. Evans explores how we can instead tap into God's matchless strength, giving us hope and ultimately transforming our despair into victory. Let's join him as he begins.
0: The church at Philadelphia. This is the first Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. This Philadelphia, in verse 7 of Revelation 3, is located some 30 miles southeast of Sardis, a great commercial city with a major trade route plagued often with earthquakes. That was the nature of this city. Inside this city was a small church, a small gathering of believers, Philadelphia Bible Fellowship. This small gathering of believers found themselves in this pagan realm and... Jesus, who is the spokesperson through the shepherd of each one of these churches, speaks through this leader to the saints at Philadelphia Bible Fellowship at the church in Philadelphia. And notice what he says. Verse 7, he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this. So, before we get into all the idiosyncrasies of what he has to say to this church, he wants to give another description of himself, which he has done in each of these churches. And he describes himself as he who is holy and true. Holy means to be set apart as unique, special, or one of a kind. So, we're not just talking about another name or one of the crowd. He says, uh, I am unique. Therefore, must be viewed and treated uniquely. I am not only holy, I am also true. Truth has to do with ultimate reality. I'm the real deal. Anything that contradicts me is false and is a lie and cannot be trusted. So you are to measure everything by the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So everything is to be measured by its inconsistency and compatibility to me. And if it's incompatible and inconsistent with me, it's wrong no matter who told it to you, how long you believed it, and how well you know it. I am truth. I am holy and true. Not only am I unique and set apart, not only am I ultimate reality, but now he gets to the nitty-gritty. He says, I have the key of David. I have the key of David. In Isaiah chapter 22, verses 15 to 25, The steward of the house of David, the kingdom, house of David, David was the king of Israel. It uses that to speak of the kingdom. The key belonged to this steward, but the steward did not do the right job. So he was uh, fired. And when he was fired, a new steward replaced him. This new steward was Eliakim, and Eliakim was given the key to the kingdom. Not given a key, he was given the key. Jesus says, I possess the key of the kingdom of David. That is, I have the kingdom key. Notice it's a single key because it's a master key. Anybody who possesses a master key can get in any door. All the doors are available to him because he has a master key. So when the Bible speaks of the key, it speaks of two things. Access and authority. So Jesus claims access to any door and authority over every door. Let me say that again. Jesus, the one with the key, the master key, has access to every door, which is what a master key gives you, and authority over every door. Which is why he says he can open the doors he wants to open and lock the doors he wants to stay locked because he is in charge. Now, if you and I don't get that, we're going to think people are in charge. We're going to think power brokers are in charge. You know, we, we have this tendency, we all do, to get self-sufficient. I can make it on my own. I got Vivian MasterCard, American Express. I can, I can make it on my own. I know people. Okay? If you know Jesus Christ, you know somebody. Okay? You know people. And he says, and I open the door and nobody will shut a door. I open. I don't care what their name is and how much power they wield, and how much money they have. He says in verse 9, you have kept the word of my perseverance. And I will also keep you from the hour of testing, the hour that is about to come upon the whole world. He told me, in verse 9, Behold, I have caused those in the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie, I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you. Whoa. <laughs> he said, all those false folk out there, synagogue of Satan, they, they go to church, synagogue, but they're of the devil. Just because you're in church, synagogue, doesn't mean you of the Lord. There is a synagogue of Satan. Religious talk doesn't mean a thing. He says, but I'm going to let them know that I have loved you. Even though you got a little power, I'm going to let them know you got more power than you look like you have. Maybe you remember the story about a big dog and little puppy. German Shepherd and a poodle. German Shepherd and a poodle were standing at a door, standing at a door, and Big Dog, the shepherd, looked at the poodle and said, you you little puppy. You can't do much. Look how small you are. Look how short you are. You know, you got that little, little bark. <laughs> I'm Big Dog. <laughs> big Dog. Say, look at this door. I wonder how long it would take you to get open this door and Because I can open this door, I can open this door quickly because I'm big and and I can reach the knob. You can't even reach the knob. In fact, let's have a contest. Let's see who can open the door the quickest. Little puppy said, "Okay, you you go first, big dog. (laughs) Big dog, you go first. German Shepherd jumped up on the door. Got his mouth around the knob. And put his put his mouth all around the knob and started twisting at the knob, and after about two and a half minutes of working the knob, he got the door open. And then he pulled it shut and he said, Beat that a little puppy. Because Big Dog didn't show you, you can't even reach the knob. Your turn. Little puppy came up to the door, gave a small bark. <laughs> Scratched the door. The man on the inside came and opened it. Because see, when you know who's on the inside, you ain't got to go through all that. So don't, don't let it bother you if you're a little puppy. Because if you know the Lord, he's got the key. And he can open up what the big dogs can't help you with. Say, so you, got, you got the synagogue of Satan and they messing with you. Uh, they're calling you holier than thou. They think, they say, oh, you're one of them Bible people, and you, you bring up Jesus all the time, and you're you one of them, and yeah, they can make you feel bad. He says, and the synagogue of Satan is making it tough for you, but I can keep, watch this, I can keep you from the hour of testing. He calls it you in a test. Watch this. So if you're in a situation and the door has not yet opened, he says, consider it a test. And he says, and I'm going to walk you through the test until I reverse it. He says, I'm going to make your enemies your footstool. Ooh, nothing makes God real than when he reverses the irreversible. Nothing makes God more real than when he flipped something that looked unflippable. Nothing made God so powerful to you when there was no way out. You were trapped. The devil was looked like he was running the whole show. And then he reverses it. But you may say, but but I don't see him doing anything. Oh yeah, well, look at the next verse. He says, You're going through this test, and I'm gonna keep you through this hour. But I am coming quickly, hold fast what you have, so that no one will take your crown. Oh, I love this word. I am coming quickly. That means suddenly. That means unexpectedly. That means out of nowhere. See, when God is silent, that doesn't mean he's still. I know you don't see him doing anything. I know it looks like you are just waiting for nothing. But God likes to come in suddenly. He likes to break in when you didn't expect it, when you didn't think there was any way that this thing could ever get better, that this trial could ever end. He loves to do something suddenly. And the reason why he likes to do things quickly or suddenly is so that when it happens, there is no debate on who caused it to take place because it it came out of nowhere. Quickly, you wonder where did that come from, and it becomes inextricably clear that this was heaven invading history. And so, boom, he comes through suddenly. He says, "And I will come quickly, so don't worry about it." If you don't have all the degrees and if you don't have all the money and you don't have all the prestige and you don't have all the power and people don't applaud you when you walk into the room, don't worry about it. Just obey him. Don't deny his name. And then wait for the Lord, I say. Wait upon the Lord because he comes suddenly.
1: Dr. Evans will share a personal example of how the Lord swooped in to turn things around when he continues in just a moment. First, though, don't miss your chance to get a copy of all seven messages in our current series, Let Go, Let God. If you contact us right away and make a donation to help support the ministry of Dr. Evans, we'll say thanks by sending you the full length versions of these messages on CD or downloadable MP3, along with a special bonus two of Tony's helpful and popular books, 30 Days to Overcoming Emotional Strongholds and 30 Days to Overcoming Addictive Behavior. Request your copy of this special resource bundle when you visit us today at TonyEvans.org or give us a call at 1-800-800-3222. This is a limited-time offer, so visit us as soon as you can. Again, that's TonyEvans.org or by phone at 1-800-800-3222 any time of the day or night. Dr. Evans will return with more of our message right after this.
0: Does your heart belong to the sea? Dr. Tony Evans is inviting you on an unforgettable Mexican Riviera cruise, setting sail from November 9th through the 16th. Join Dr. Evans for impactful sermons against the breathtaking backdrop of the Mexican Riviera. You'll see cities like Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan, and Puerto Vallarta along the coast of Mexico. Visit TonyEvans.org to book your spot today. Renew your spirits and your faith. Enjoy and explore. The folks told us we couldn't meet in the school anymore. We didn't have a place to go. They were going to vote whether they were going to let us stay or to put us out. God caused there to be an accident on the freeway so the people who were going to vote against us who were riding in the same car couldn't get off the off-ramp. And when the council couldn't wait for them any longer, they voted without them. We won five to four. As soon as the vote was over, they came rushing in. It was too late because God overturned that thing. And if, you, if you've never seen God do that, if you don't know what God can do, then, you, then you're, just living, you're just living with based on what man can do. And men do not have the final say so. That's why, that's why you're free. <laughs> you're free. You're free. People don't get the final word because they don't have the master key to your life, to your world, to your family. They don't, they don't control it. He says, I have the master key. That must be your perspective. Perspective is everything. It's like Montana put out a thing for catching wolves and they were going to pay $5,000 for any trapper who caught a wolf. $5,000 per wolf. Sam and Jed decided to go wolf hunting then because that's $5,000 a wolf. So they went wolf hunting in Montana. They put up their tent. They got in their tent because the next day they were going to hunt for some wolves to get $5,000 a wolf. They go to sleep. Jed wakes up first in the morning. When Jed wakes up there are 50 wolves, hungry wolves surrounding their tent with blood red eyes with saliva dripping down the side of their mouth with them growling and those sharp teeth, 50 wolves right there at their tent, hungry wolves. Jeb woke up, Sam said, Sam, Sam, get up. Sam said, what? Jeb said, we're rich. (laughs) See, it all depends on your perspective. It, It all depends on how you see things. I know the devil may be nipping at you. The synagogue of Satan may be nipping at you. But when you got God's perspective, it changes what you're looking at. So, I'm coming quickly. I'm going to come suddenly. So what did he tell you to do in verse 11? Hold fast hold fast. I know you want to give up. I know you want to quit. I know you're tired. He says, hold fast. Make sure you're obeying and not denying. You hold fast to your obedience and non-denial and at his time suddenly don't let him take your crown. That's the right to rule. Even small folk have been called to rule. And now he gives us his final statement. He who overcomes, overcomes what? The tendency to give up. He who overcomes the tendencies to stop obeying and to stop denying. He who overcomes that and says, God, as the old folks say, I'm going to hold on till my change come." You know, it's rough, it's tough, but I believe you and not my circumstances as the final arbiter. Of my situation, he says, you hold on. He who overcomes, look at this, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will not go out from it anymore. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. You see the word that word? Name, 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 name. First of all, he says, I'm gonna make you a pillar. A pillar, it holds a building up. I'm going to make you a pillar in my temple. A temple is God's house. The pillars are located in God's house. Galatians 2.9 says that Peter, James, and John were the pillar of the church. They were, they were holding up the church. In other words, he speaks of these people who overcome the propensity to give up as being in closest proximity to God. And he says, for these folk who are overcomers and who are in close proximity to God, they will have a name. Over and over again, he keeps talking about name of this and name of that, name of this and name of that. He says, you will have a name in the New Jerusalem. Let's get something straight. Everybody is not equal in heaven. Okay. You can have a 40-watt bulb, a 60-watt bulb, a 75-watt bulb in your house, a 100-watt bulb in your house, a 150-watt bulb in your house. Now, all of them are bulbs, and all of them will light to their capacity, but everybody's capacity isn't the same. A 40-watt can't give you 100 watts because it's not established to be able to produce like that. Well, all Christians are Christians, but they don't have the same watts. And so they don't exude the same experience because they don't have the same relationship. Jesus said in St. John chapter 2, verses 23 to 25, it says many believed on him. Many believed on him, but he would not commit himself to them because he knew what was in them. They got saved, but they had not yet got committed. They were on their way to heaven, but he couldn't use them on earth. They were forgiven for their sins, but they didn't want folk to know that they were Christians. They went to church, but they wouldn't obey the word. So they believed in him, but he would make no commitment to them. There are a lot of Christians who Jesus is just not deeply committed to in a practical way because they want to be 40-watt Christians expecting a 100-watt blessing. And it doesn't work that way. He wants to know that you're all in, that you're a full-time Christian, not a part-time saint. He wants to know that you will not deny him and that you will obey what he has commanded. And he says to that one, I will give him a name. You know, when, you, when people go to the cowboy game, there are folks who are sitting in the stands. We don't know their name. Now, they're in the location, but we don't know their name. In fact, that's the majority of the folk who are in the building. The majority of the folk in the building are in the stands, and they're just part of the crowd, and we don't know their names. Now, when it comes to the players, we know their names kind of, sort of, because if I were to ask you to name the name of the right God, many of you couldn't do that. If I ask you to name the name of the punter, many of you couldn't do that. Because even though they have a name, because they're on the team, you may not know the name because of the position that they play. But now when we upgrade and start talking about wide receivers and quarterbacks and running backs, well, you know those names, because those names have achieved a greater name in publicity because of the role They play on the team. But then, not only do you have the folk in the crowd and uh, the folks on the team, some more nameless than others, some with a higher name, you got the ring of honor. In the ring of honor, those are folk who've made a name. You see, the players come and go. But the folks in the ring of honor stay there because over time, they held fast. Over time, they played the game. Over time, they didn't quit when they were injured. Over time, they stayed committed to the task. In fact, their name is not only in the ring of honor, their name is in Canton, Ohio, in a bust in the Canton Hall of Fame so that generation after generation will know who their name was. God has a lot of Christians that are in the stands they just show up to watch the game all they want to see is what the choir is singing and what the preacher is preaching and they just come for the show Now, folk in the crowd don't get dirty, don't incur responsibility, don't get knocked down, don't get blocked, don't get tackled, because they're not there to participate, they're just there to watch the show. But then there are some folk in the kingdom of God who don't want to just stay in the stands, they want to get on the field. They serve in ministry, they help other people, they give to the advancement of the cause of the Lord. And then you got some superstars. Those are the ring of honors. Oh, it's not just the people who you know their name. It's folk who are the unknown folk, but you can count on them. You can depend on them because they are forever holding their role, loving the Lord, serving the saints, giving to the Lord, and giving glory in their witness for the Lord. So I want to challenge you today. If you want God to put you in the ring of honor, if you want when he hears you and sees you, to say well done, my good and faithful servant. If you want him to call you out of the crowd and let all of heaven know you're one of his choicest servants, I challenge you to leave the stands, to come on the field. Now, I want to tell you the truth. You're going to get blocked a little bit on the field. You're going to get tackled a little bit on the field. But when they start handing out Super Bowl rings, you're going to get a Super Bowl ring because you are a Super Bowl saint. So let's get busy glorifying the Lord, obeying the Lord, not denying the Lord. Because if you are an obedient saint who does not deny Him, you are an overcomer.
1: Dr. Tony Evans on trusting in the Lord's ability to transform our trials into triumphs. Now, before I tell you what Tony has in store for us tomorrow, I want to quickly encourage you to take advantage of our current resource offer all seven full-length messages in his current series, Let Go, Let God, along with the added bonus of two of his short but powerful books, 30 Days to Overcoming Emotional Strongholds and 30 Days to Overcoming Addictive Behavior. These resources are yours, along with our thanks for your donation to keep this listener-supported program coming your way. Just visit TonyEvans.org before time runs out to make the arrangements. Or call our resource center at 1-800-800-3222 any time of the day or night. Again, that's TonyEvans.org or by phone one 800 800 When you order something online, you often get to choose how fast you want it delivered. Well, tomorrow, Dr. Evans will explain why that isn't the case when we pray. Be sure to join us as we discover how to wait for God's perfect timing. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you.